Today is August 12th, 2020. This is the Hofstra Radio Alumni Audio Yearbook. Please tell us your name and the years you were at Hofstra Radio. My name is Will Shelley. I was at Hofstra Radio, WRHU, from 1991 to 1995. And can you tell us about the shows that you might have hosted or produced produced while you were at the radio station? I was the producer of the Jazz Cafe, and I hosted a show on Friday afternoons. I also uh, hosted the Rock and Roll Oasis on Thursday evenings. Those were the two shows that I, uh, I really did. Um, and I, I was a, a producer of uh, the Radio Works and a, an on-air talent and voice person on that. Did you engineer any public affairs shows or weekend uh, community broadcasts? Ah, uh, yes, I forgot about that. It was one of my first gigs at the uh, at the station. I I uh, engineered, as we called it, board opt uh, for the Irish shows on Saturday afternoons. Pat Thompson's Long Ireland show and um, a little bit of uh, Tony Jackson's Irish country, and also uh, I ran, I ran tape for uh western star which was a country show uh mm. right after uh western uh no right after out behind the barn with irv simner may he rest in peace right i was trying to remember the host name of western star i only can picture her yeah was it yeah. alice alice donut no. <laughs> uh, okay. I don't remember her name. Okay. Um, what positions did you hold at the radio station? I was a jazz producer, and um, eventually I became what was called the Spirit of the Lake, um, which was kind of like a, a position that I ran. It was just like a, a, a position that was, I had my hand in kind of all the departments. Uh, the reason why I had the spirit of the lake was because I wasn't going to be given program director in my last year uh, as a student because uh, I was graduating in December. Hmm. So they didn't want to give me this kind of very, very important position with uh, only four months left until I graduated. So Spirit of the Lake kind of encompassed um, the music department, the uh, music director, the programming department, the management. I was just kind of like a an all-seeing guru, if you will. So this is a multi-part question, but in my mind, it all kind of goes together. So answer it in the order that feels right for you. But what first brought you to WRHU? And when you got there, where, where was it? What do you remember about going into the office or into the studio? Do you remember people that you saw? Do you remember the way that things smelled or looked or were organized or disorganized? What was your first impression as you walked in and why were you there? I was there because I, I was a radio major and I, I loved the medium. Um, I started college in January 
I didn't start college um, in September. And that was in 1991. And a couple of months after starting where I, I had to take math and science and all this kind of thing, and I wasn't taking any communications courses, but I wanted to be at the radio station. And I found out that the radio station was in the basement of Memorial Hall. And, uh, okay, got to find Memorial Hall. There it is, right underneath Bits and Bytes. And uh, it's in the basement. Okay, got to find the stairs. And I find the stairs, and I go down the stairs, and it's just classrooms. And I don't know where I'm going. Um, and I kind of find my way around, and I go down this ramp. I think I'm going in the right direction. I don't know. And I'm all alone. It's dark. And I go down this, this little hallway and and it, <laughs> it's dank. It's a basement. I'm going, what am I doing? Because I'm pretty much right out of high school. I'm, I'm 18 years old and I don't know what the hell I'm doing. And I see this door and it says master control on it. Mm. And I, <laughs> I raised my hand to knock on the door and I went, no, I, I don't, I'm not knocking on this door. I don't know what I'm doing. And I turned around and I left. <laughs> That's the absolute truth. I, I, I turned around and I went, okay, I'm not, I, I don't know what the hell this is. I don't know where anybody is. I don't know what master control even means. I'm going home and uh, ironically I'm, I'm just looking in my house I have that I have that plate master control on the door one of the doors in my basement in the home that I own now and uh, you know that that studio was long gone but the, the sign still survives and every once in a while I bring my hand up and I go to knock on this door and no I don't do that um, so it wasn't until uh, later that year in the next semester in, in um, 90, yeah, it must have been, yeah, in 91, um, in September, when I started to take actual radio courses, it was called COM 21, mm -hmm. basic, basic uh, uh, radio production, how to run a board. And the board that was in this classroom, I thought it was just, it was just amazing. It was, a, it was just this magical place. I, the classroom was on the other side of the hallway of this master control where I was knocking on the, or attempting to knock on the door. And here was this classroom. And uh, little did I know that uh, it was about 15 people in this class that um, a number of which would become uh, very, very close friends of mine very significant people in my life. Um, and uh, that, that class was COM 21 with taught by Sue Zizza. Mm -hmm. and we were in a, a production studio with this, uh, with this board from what looked like <laughs> 1940 with the rotary pots. And uh, I, I didn't care. I just, I just thought it was just the most magical place on earth with tape machines and cart machines and, and record players and, and all this incredible stuff that uh, 
was so important to me as a listener and 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 this was the place where it where it all happened and um you know that was uh and it, it you know just being in a dank basement and 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 the smell and and all that kind of stuff of old carpeting and <laughs> it, it didn't matter to me i i had no airs about me as far as uh the uh i don't know you know ooh, where am i or what is this well what have i gotten into it was very uh it was very comfortable for me being uh being a musician who played in the toilets of the world it didn't matter it was very comfortable for mm. me. and and like i said before you know i'm i'm picturing that that quote unquote classroom that studio right now and i'm looking around this room in my mind's eye and i'm picturing the people that uh, would eventually become very very significant people in my life and i don't often do this with these interviews, but I remember very specifically because I was in that Com Twenty One class, <laughs> and I I have a very specific oh, memory. Oh yeah, you do. I, you. I know you do. <laughs> and Kathy Wurtzberger yeah. was in there, and Denise Haynack, uh -huh. and I'm gonna guess Mike Prohatko was in there, ah. and probably Al Montag, yeah, and a handful of other people, mm -hmm. and we were already at the station. Right. Right. So I felt like an outsider and, and all like yourself and all those people that you mentioned, they were like, you guys were like, well, these guys are the, on, on the inside. Like, how do I get in there? Like, what, you know, it, mm -hmm. it was, it was that kind of mentality. Like, are they going to accept me or, but your, <laughs> your well, well, memory, if we're thinking about the same thing. Can, can I share that? Please, Is that okay? Please do. <laughs> so we were on the lookout for <clears throat> new people to join, and there was a new uh, staff meeting coming up. And I don't know if it was the first class or one of the early classes, but there was definitely an, uh, a moment where we said, we got to get this guy on the air. We got to get. No, this guy and that I didn't know, and and I I think I was talking to Mike and to Al and and Denise and Kathy and whoever else might have been in there, and we were like, well, someone's got to go talk to him. Wow. So the so the class was ending, and you were near the door, and you know it's not a big room, but you were all kind of packed in there. Yeah. And someone opens the door and walks out, and I I literally remember sort of leaping across the room because I was on the far side to chase you down and you're going up the ramp and I was like hey hey man there's there's a there's a new you know there's a new general interest meeting coming up you know do you think you'd want to join the show and at, at, join the station and as I remember it you kind of threw a cigarette in your mouth and you're like what the hell do you think I'm here for and stormed off up the stairs <laughs> that's a little bit <laughs> <laughs> and a little bit dramatic. What me, you think of, and I turned around and left. <laughs> yeah, you and 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 I just sort. I didn't know what to do, and perhaps it's been embellished over time. But I just yeah. remember that feeling of we got to get this guy in. <laughs> wow, well, I didn't know me, that there was this like we got to get this guy in the station. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and 
uh, Denise re- related a story, and I, she, she thought it was her engineering class, but I think it was this Com Twenty One class that there were people in the in the room who didn't know, you know, what to do with a vinyl record. They didn't know how to cue up a record or, or put a needle on a record. Yeah. And I think it was that same environment. So there were definitely people in there that we were like, yeah, maybe you'll come in, but you and, and probably a handful of other people, we wanted to make sure you came up. Right. So it was a, it was a very auspicious start. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That's I, I knew I, for some reason I thought that that happened in master control when you were like putting CD in the way or something and uh, completely, I, I mean, this is close to 30 years ago. So yeah. Yeah. Our memories, but yours, your recollection of the story makes a lot more sense. And, uh, I, I do remember something happening and there were, were a bunch of, curses that i probably said and i probably put you down i i don't know (laughs) you know which which completely contradicts my story previously of me saying i don't know i'm nervous i don't know who these people are and then the the guy on the inside (laughs) asks me do you want to become part of the station and i i curse him and burn his face and i don't know i i think it makes perfect sense because i i I know that feeling of standing outside the door and talking yourself out of it and saying no i i i shouldn't be here and and walking away so i I get that yeah yeah and i Uh, i think that the whole thing was there was an open house yeah there was an open house um meeting you know like hey come join the station and I went, it was probably in the evening. And what I remember significantly about it was, I don't know the guy's name. Maybe you remember the guy that was producing the jazz show at the time, which was on from three o'clock to eight, I'm, mm-hmm. if I'm if I'm not mistaken, at the time. Um, that was Mark Waldman. Thank you. Yep. Mark Waldman. And at the, at the conclusion of the, of the meeting, this open house, they said, you know, please see the producers. If you're interested, classical rock, this and that. And he was jazz. And I went up to him and I remember him just being floored that somebody actually came up to him. Mm. And I said, yeah, I'm, I'm interested in, in jazz. And I'd like to be part of the, the jazz show. And he was like, wow okay cool um because uh you know that was a a very um important important music to me and i wanted to be involved in that and eventually i became the producer because i don't know if he was (laughs) i don't know if he was completely into it anyway so Hmm. but uh it was my, uh, you know, it was my, 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 uh, I don't know. I got my foot in the door at that point. And like, so, you, because people coming up, I'm sorry. I was, I was people coming up to me, like you said, Denise and Kathy and, 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 and Mike and Al and yourself. Um, these were people that were become very significant players in my life for not only those, four years but uh, beyond 
So, so you're taking COM21, you go to this meeting, you meet Mark Waldman, and uh, I imagine you take engineering and announcing classes yeah. to get clear to be on the air. Do you have memories from that or who taught them or something that you picked up in those classes that you actually used or remembered from the class? I, I don't know. I don't, I don't really recollect anything as far as the, um, the engineering classes, but I, what I do remember is that though I was nervous at first, it was, it, be, it, it, it was, it was very easy for me. It was, it was just very automatic. Oh, I do this, I do that. Um, because like a lot of people my age that went into radio, and I didn't, just, I didn't know this until years later through conversations, that they all did the same thing that I did when, when I was a kid. I had tape recorders set up in my room and a record player, and I would have these fake radio stations, and I would record radio shows. I mean, there was one friend of mine in high school who, had, who actually had a board in his room, and we would do radio shows, not broadcast them, but we record them. Um, so it was just something that I had, I had been doing for a long time. I mean, obviously not with like cassette tapes, but, oh, this is how you queue up a record? Cool. Let me, please show me how to do this. Great. I got it. And it was very automatic to me. I don't remember much about the announcing courses, although one of the most significant things that I I, I know about about announcing <clears throat> um, was how to say the letter right before that that came before X in the alphabet. Mm -hmm. <laughs> for mm -hmm. 18 years or so I had been saying W it's not W it's W I remember uh, Kathy Wurzberger being in the office and when she would hear somebody on the air say W she would scream W at the speakers and to this day I, I make Sure. I mean, I don't even have to think about it now, but it's, it's W. It's not W. And I still hear, I've, I've heard um, professional voice, um, voice people. Um, most significantly, I, I remember hearing a commercial for BMW on CBS News. And this, this very, you know, golden throated announcer uh, in a commercial saying, BMW. And I'm going, oh my goodness, how in the hell did he get a job saying BMW? It's not mm -hmm. W, you Long Islander. You know, it's W. And that was the most significant thing about uh, announcing that I could tell you when I first started was that it's WRHU, not WRHU. Uh, because it's only one step closer to saying W. Um, you know, if you're from the, uh, 
the uh, you know from Mississippi. Um, you don't say W R H U. It's it's W R H U. So that was that was the uh, that was the most significant thing about the the announcing. Um, and um, I thought I sounded okay when I first was on the air, and uh, I actually have a, a shoebox filled with with air checks. Hmm of uh cassettes that i've listened to and i go you know what i didn't suck as bad as i thought i did um but um you know as with anything in my life um you know as far as the announcing um the i got better just by doing it Mm -hmm. didn't it didn't get better because i was reading something or 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 read a book or or studied anything was because I just did, and I listened to people who were better than me. Do you remember your first time being live on the air? Do you remember engineering or your first announcing? Uh, Does that stick in your mind at all? First announcing and hosting a show, I do remember. I do remember that rather significantly. I filled in for Joe Romano on Friday nights doing Rock Solid, uh, which was the show that uh, the rock show before it became the rock and roll oasis, which I think is what it's called now still. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember being on the air and being nervous as anything. And in the announcing booth, Karen Jean, who was the station manager at the time, she came into the announcing booth and looked at me and she gave me a big smile. And I went, okay, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> she was probably a junior or a senior at the time, and I I, I don't know, but she had a, a wonderful on on air voice, I thought, and um, and I I remember I was filling in for for uh, Joe Romano doing rock, and I just thought it was the greatest thing in the world that I was I, here I was I was on the air doing a rock show, playing rock music. The first mu- first song I played was "Glad" by Traffic. The second mm-hmm. song that I played was "Heard It on the X" by ZZ Top, and I will never ever forget that. And I, I mean, I was shaking as I queued up the records. I mean, my my hand was was really really shaking, um, and it was you know heart in my throat kind of you know experience. Um, I don't remember much after that. I do remember um, engineering the Irish shows for the first time. Um, here I was, this kid, and these, uh, you know, where's the CD player? What? Huh? Uh, it was weird, but, you know, they looked at me with my. Uh, blonde hair and blue eyes and probably said okay he's one of us so (laughs) so uh you've mentioned a few names there but in those early days were there people that were really helpful that or shows that you listened to or styles that you went yeah that's good i want to do that or conversely were there people where you're like i don't want to do that or i can't do that or things that intimidated you or, or maybe threw you off a little bit? Well, you were, 
uh, Brian McKinley, you are, uh, you know, you were just a welcoming person. Mm. I'm always like very grateful for that. Um, you know, Al Montag, Al Montag had a golden throat and I just knew at that time, I just knew, man, this guy, holy moly. Mm. How do you have that sound in your voice when you're, when you're 19 years old? And I always knew that he was going to go on to broadcasting. Um, but it wasn't the style that I was, you know, when I, that I wanted to be, um, the, uh, I, the, the, another person that I was really kind of like, wow, this guy knows was, was John Booty. Uh, mm. He was kind of like this elder statesman. Now he didn't have this, uh, great on-air voice or anything like that, but he knew what he was doing. Um, and for some reason, like I, I always kind of like looked up to him and, um, you know, there was Greg Vetter, Greg Vetter, you know, who I ended up being in a band with for, for a number of years. He had a, a very natural kind of sounding voice on the radio. Um, trying to think of if there, if there was anybody else, uh, um, off the top of my head, I, I, I can't, I, I, you know, there were definitely people that were, they were people that I looked up to just because I just had that sense of these people know what they're doing, mm -hmm. follow them. But I also thought that not only the people that were at the station, but there were the real legends of radio that were the ones that I looked up to. Um, the people on WNEW, you know, your Pat St. John's, your Scott Muni's, um, your Carol Miller's. Um, those were the people that I felt and still feel like. And Dennis Elsis, who is still on the air, who I still listen mm. to, uh, those were the people that you you listened to if you were going into radio. If you if you knew radio, then you listened to people on the radio. You knew these names, um, and if you didn't, well, then there was something wrong. It was like if you want to be a professional baseball player and you don't know who Babe Ruth is. Hmm. that's a problem. <laughs> um, you know, whether you're a fan or you're not, if you're going to be a professional baseball player, just use that analogy. If you don't know who Derek Jeter was, then, you know, you, there's, there's something wrong. Um, and that's why with radio, sometimes I hear... Sometimes I listen to college radios, radio stations, um, RHU amongst them. Um, and when I say, and when I say uh, college radio, I'm talking about Long Island, New York college mm -hmm. radio. And I listen to some of these kids on the radio now and I go, have they ever listened to the radio before? This isn't, this, this isn't, you know they don't even sound like they've ever heard someone on the radio before. So I think that that was something that was, uh, 
one of the assets of, of, uh, and what helped me <clears throat> go on the air and that I knew what a radio station and a radio host DJ was supposed to sound like. I didn't sound like that immediately after being on the air for the first time, but, uh, I certainly tried. Um, so was there a point in time or a specific moment where you felt really comfortable at WRHU and you thought, yeah, I'm here. This is, this is where I belong. I, I can't say that there was a, a specific time. It's just like when you're, you're anywhere or in any situation, whether it's a, it's a team or it's a band or it's a job you know those people that are going to be the people that you go to for anything and confide in and eventually become good friends with. Um, and it was just a, a, a slow kind of organic process. And over that time, it became more comfortable. It became, like I said, the, the, the sanctuary. And as with any relationship with anybody or any group of per people, there's good stuff and there's bad stuff. And, um, no, it, it was just, uh, it just became the place I wanted to be all the time hmm. <laughs> after class, that's where you went. Um, and, so, yeah. so this is, this is all sort of looking back and, and, and remembering things, but I, I like to, to sort of wrap up with, yeah. if you can, without thinking, you know, from present day, looking back, can you put yourself in the shoes of Will Shelley at 18 or 19 years old, walking into that building or walking into that general interest meeting. And what did you hope WRHU would be for you at that time? I, I wanted, I wanted it to be, um, a continuation of my obsession with the medium. I, of course, wanted to be on the air, but I didn't know where that was going to take me. Um, in regards to um, my personal relationships, I guess nobody knows that kind of stuff. Um, You know, as an 18-year-old, as a 19-year-old, I, I I wanted it to be the stepping stone. I wanted it to be the 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 um, the way I got into the industry. Um, things turned out very different, and as a person in my late 40s now I, I'm I'm okay with that that it it didn't it's that things are different 
Hmm. Um, but at that time, at 18, 19 years old, I walked into that radio station and um, I just wanted the, uh, you know, this is going to sound ridiculous. I wanted that, I wanted that magic that I, uh, that I felt just listening to the make, to the radio hmm. to continue. I wanted to be a part of this incredible thing that uh, I loved for so many years. Um, and now I was part of the, you know, uh, uh, of the creation of it. It was, it's, you know, it's just, I'm just thinking about this now. Um, I guess it was about, it was, it was, it was December of 2018. Um, I listened to WFUV at a Fordham university exclusively hmm. and, uh, they had a survey at the end, survey at the end of the year. Um, you know, what, what, what are your, uh, best albums, best songs, etc. um, of 2018. And, um, when you when you finish the survey you you get entered in a contest and you win like a ton of vinyl or whatever it is and lo and behold i i won i won so they didn't mail it to me in a big box it was oh okay can you come to the radio station mm. and they told me what building it was on on campus and i find fordham university i'm there with my at that time my three-year-old daughter and i said okay, let's go in. <laughs> and it was like, it was like that first day that I walked into Memorial Hall. I don't remember the name of the, the hall in, at Fordham, but I walk into this big building and it was December, so there was no classes going on. And I walked down this flight of stairs in this seemingly empty building <laughs> and I got that same feeling hmm. <laughs> and, and I'm looking around like, where do I go? Where do I go? And I'm uh, okay, let's go down this hallway. And, uh, lo and behold, there it was. It was the, the radio station was right there at, at like in the middle of nowhere. Um, and it was this, uh, and I open up the door and I say, hi, I'm the, you know, I'm, I'm the winner. <laughs> oh, okay. But it was just, it was this we really weird feeling of that story that I told earlier of being in this basement of a building looking for a radio station and, and, and that feeling of, wow, this is, this is where that, that magical, uh, feeling that magical place is um as far as the uh what i wanted you know going back to the actual question um you know i just i just i can't say that i went down there looking for friends or looking for um you know guidance or anything like that it was just this is the this is the step that i have to take to uh to eventually get where I want to be. Will Shelley, this has been tremendous and a lot of fun. Thank you. Right. Uh, let's, let's do this again sometime. Uh, please. I would love to.